Hello and welcome back to the Thunder Six Podcast. I am your host, Ben Kreider, and today I am going to be talking about the Thunder Pacers game, just what to watch out for, and just the amount of tanking that we are going to be seeing from the Thunder, uh, based through what their starting lineup is going to be for the night. And I'm also going to be doing a little bit of a lottery standings roundup, and I'm actually going to tee it off there. So with the lottery... We all know this is the grand prize. We've been trying to lose games. Pretty much everybody's been trying to lose games. And as of right now, we are deadlocked with the Cleveland Cavaliers. They have 21 wins. We also have 21 wins. Identical 21 and 42 records. And one thing that really was swept under the rug, like, I don't think we've ever had to worry about it as Thunder fans because we just make the playoffs. This is the year where that streak is gone. And now we kind of see what the new lottery system looks like. Because I think the last time we missed the playoffs was like 2015 when AD hit that crazy bank shot at the buzzer to, I think, clinch a playoff berth for them. But um, yeah, I mean, we really haven't had to deal with that. And even the years, like I said, with AD hitting that big shot, it didn't matter. I think that was a year we ended up getting Cameron Payne with a 14th pick. So it wasn't like we had much uh lottery insights anyways we kind of knew you know being the 14 seed back in 2015 you were gonna have the 14th pick so i mean technically there's a chance but come on we knew what was gonna happen we got cameron Payne. that's for another day but the lottery system was not really a, a thing in the front of our minds and it hasn't been until this year and now it's the only thing that we can really talk about and the same goes for everybody else and yeah i mean there's just been a huge clump of teams that have been in this hunt, us with the Cavs now, you know, they have good pieces in Garland, Sexton, Okoro, he's been playing pretty nice for them, same goes with Jared Allen when he plays, but they're not finding success right now, they have lost five straight games, and for the Thunder, I mean, in our last, what, 14 games, or scratch that, uh, yeah, scratch that, our last, I guess, 16 games now we're one in 15 you know that one little blemish really did us in because you know now we're still stuck up with the Cavs so it's going to be a little bit sticky and with only nine games apiece for both of them you know there's a chance they tie out but just looking at it from our current perspective this is pretty interesting because the new lottery system and this is what I was kind of getting to before I just went on that random tangent on Cameron Payne but with the new lottery system if you're tied you actually kind of split the odds. So it is like a mismatch on odds between the two. So if you check out right now, I mean, the Thunder and the um, and the Cavs just have nearly, pretty much near identical uh, odds for, you know, top four, number one, and all that. So it could kind of get to that point. It's not like, you know, years prior where you look at head-to-head or you do a flip of the coin. I actually thought it was flip of the coin. I thought that, you know, they took out the head-to-head. But no, I mean, they don't use head-to-head. There's no coin flip. It's just you go into draft day, and both sides just have an equal shot at it. So it's going to be tough kind of breaking free from them. And as we know, I mean, looking at the top of the board, you have the Houston Rockets. They're 16-47. and 47. We are five games behind them. It's just not happening. They're going to be the worst team in the league, and they're going to have the best lottery odds. That's that. The Orlando Magic have crept up this was the team we were trying to sneak ahead last week and now i mean they look like front runners for the second best odds so they're two games behind the rockets you know i actually changed that they're three games behind the rockets 
And, you know, they might be a sneaky pick. I don't think the Rockets would get in a situation where they'd win three games and you'd see any change in the standings. But, you know, they could be the front runners for that second spot. And behind them, I guess in a tie as well, is the Detroit Pistons. So they also are three games behind. But even with them benching, they are blatantly benching players right now. We have not seen Jeremy Grant play for them. And Mason Plumlee has not played for them. But it has not mattered. Uh, Josh Jackson, he has looked great. Same goes with Isaiah Stewart. I picked him up in fantasy basketball this week, and I don't think I'm losing my round now. He's playing a dude who's 15 and one. Isaiah Stewart got me like 50 fantasy points and heading into you know the weekend. Same should probably stick with him. He has so much time playing at the five, but the main dude is Frank Jackson, the guy we ditched last wave of the roster. He was the 16th man out of 15. Had to get the short end of the stick. He has found a role with Detroit. He's coming off the bench, and just like I said, a Jordan Clarkson-type role, he has been just strumming out 18-point performances all month long. He's dropped 20 a couple times, and he's been the reason as to why they've won, you know, three, four games this month and why they're not completely out of this because they're only two games ahead of us right now, and with how we've been playing and how they've been playing, I think... You know, a couple good games where Josh Jackson looks like a star and Frank Jackson's a good support piece. They might get a couple W's. And with Sadiq Bey on the up and up, there's a chance. So you kind of circle them a little bit. It's kind of a far-fetched idea we could pass them, but they might be able to steal a win or two. And I think it was them, or actually maybe it was the Magic yesterday, but one of them was winning for the bigger part of the game. They end up slipping away at the end, but... You know, there's a little bit of vulnerability with either of them. Same goes with us. We're not safe either, but there's a chance. The main team, though, which I think we will be able to hopscotch, uh, is going to be the Minnesota Timberwolves. And they, right now, are three and a half games back. They were going to be the best uh, lottery odds, but now they're riding a four-game win streak, and all hope for them to get back up there is gone. You know, so they are done and it has been reported that they aren't looking to tank right now. They have Carl Anthony Towns. He has pretty much been rumored to be unhappy in Minnesota for about three years now. And the rumors are just coming back up again. Whether those are just implanted by the media or it's legitimate, there's a real concern there. Um, so, you know, they definitely need to win games. I don't think Carl Anthony Towns joined the Timberwolves or stayed with the Timberwolves expecting that they'd get all these top five picks and continually they'd just be at the very bottom of the board so you know it's kind of crapshoot with them I know D'Angelo Russell right now is also kind of stuck in that same boat so they have potential guys they just have not been able to put the pieces really together for them and it's crazy because you know they have both D'Lo and Carl Anthony Towns on the floor right now but I get it. I mean, they've kind of had a little bit of bumps here, especially with Malik Beasley not playing. Um, and then obviously Cat in the beginning of the year due to COVID and um, uh, I think family reasons too. But, you know, it's been up and down for them. But they're finally kind of moving up in the ranks on that four-game win streak. And with them, I mean, they have a pretty good shot to take two more Ws or three, maybe. Because in their final eight games, they play the Detroit Pistons and the Orlando Magic, the teams that are tied for the second best odds. So with those, those are two just 
game-breaking games to where, you know, if it goes in, um, you know, in Minnesota's favors twice, they're not going to be ahead of us entering the lottery day. And, you know, if they lose both of them, potentially you could knock down the Magic and the Pistons a, a little peg or two to where we could actually get above them because they also actually have a head-to-head game. The Pistons and Magic will play, so it's real pivotal. And for us, we're not involved with any of those teams anymore. We are done. However, we have a major challenge of our own, and with them only having like two matchups, we have three, and it's coming from the exact same team, the Sacramento Kings. And I'll tell you what, the Kings, they've always been our Achilles heel. I don't care if we had Kevin Durant, Russ on MVP, you know, win streaks and putting up triple-double numbers every night. It doesn't matter. You know, they had, uh, what, DeMarcus Cousins? Like, one of the earliest memories I have of watching Thunder basketball. I was, like, sitting down on the couch, like, 11. And it was Boogie just dominating on Kevin Durant. I think they won the game in, like, overtime or something. It must have been, like, six, seven years ago. I'm talking, yeah, very, very young. Uh, Like, I was not typically up that late. But... You know, I've just, they've always been dominant. And with De'Aaron Fox, he's kind of brought that same sort of, you know, level. But he's not even playing right now. He's kind of in this stage where, you know, he's he's out. But it's more on the lines of we're going to sideline him and see how far we can dig ourselves into this, this lottery um, standings. And with them, we don't technically have to worry about them right now. Like, even if we win three straight games and that's it and we win all three games against the kings we have a five game advantage ahead of them so we probably don't move but you know it it definitely hurt us would be way out of the top five range would be six at minimum and you even have teams like the you know kings raptors and even the bulls that are five games back maybe one of them lose their final eight nine games and you get a little bit of a toss-up but I don't know. I think those are three pivotal ones. We don't have to worry about it right now, but we're going to get all three of those games in like a span of a week. So it's going to be very cutthroat. It's going to be a lot of fingernails being bitten because that's just how this week will end up being. That's how the, uh, I think, next, you know, however many games, nine games we have left are going to be. But we just kind of have to get used to it and hope they don't get any wins. As terrible as it sounds, that's just the reality of it. But yeah, I mean, those are the three really huge games in terms of the Thunder. If we drop all three of the games to the Kings, we should be, by all means, in the clear. I mean, the Pacers game that we played tonight is also in the lines of a potential steal of a game. And we have two games against the Warriors, but with Steph Curry, is it really a toss-up? I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I'd probably say with the Kings games and even the Pacers games, those are four flip-flop games that we could steal maybe one or two of and that's going to maybe put a couple wounds into us because we can't really take any more loss or wins because we saw what happened when we won the last game and now you know we are not really in the clear for even the fifth pick right now and before it seemed like we were unstoppable it seemed like there was a kind of a wall forming between us and the Cavs no we're deadlocked and the new wall is actually between us two and the rest of the pack. Because as I talked about, the three-way tie between the Bulls, the Kings, and the Raptors, 
are five games behind. They're 10 games back of the major prize, and right behind them are the Pelicans, 12 games back. And we know they have playoff aspirations. So we're good. It's really a five-man grouping or six-man grouping we have, and the hope is we can kind of get into the top four through the Timberwolves and just getting away from the Cavaliers. But you can't look that far ahead. There's no real 100% gimmies here. Um, and that's going to be true tonight because playing against the Indiana Pacers, they still are suffering a lot of different injuries here. And this is a little bit of a bright thing. Damanis Sabonis, we didn't see him in the last game. He's questionable for the game, but if I had to go out on a whim, I'd probably say that Sabonis is not going to be playing. And I think the same can be said with his backup and Goga Patadze. So they're not going to have those two. We know Miles Turner's out of the equation for games right now. And then even guys like Jeremy Lamb, they're, you know, he's not really going to be playing. And then Brogdon too, we don't know. So all these different question marks, I'm just going to assume that they're not going to be playing. So no Brogdon, no Sabonis, no Batadze. They are going to be destroyed. And even looking at Jeremy Lamb, you know, take it as you will as to if he's really that valuable for the team. But... You know, if he's gone, they don't have a real bench either. So it is a little bit rough, and they're going to have to kind of scrap up another makeshift lineup again. But to their credit, we played them last week, and they ran out their makeshift lineup, and they just trampled us. They won the game 122 to 116. It seemed like they were way far ahead the whole game. We had a little bit of a late surge, if I remember. But. Yeah, I mean, they were just at us from the beginning, and it's because of the small ball lineup. If you guys remember, you know, Mark Dagnall actually had to conform to the plans of the Pacers because we just couldn't really withstand their center in O'Shea Brissett. We saw him in the last game. He was impossible to guard, and he ended up playing in his second career start with 23 points, 12 rebounds, Two steals and three blocks. Went eight of 16 in that game, and he only shot two of seven from three, but he is a threat from distance. This was not a fluke game. O'Shea Brissett has been on a tear since playing against the Thunder, and, you know, just a couple days ago, he posted similar figures to this game. So he's entering as a guy that has the potential to drop an 18 and 10 double double in a blink of an eye. And with no support group behind him, He's going to be in a situation where he's going to be playing 35 plus minutes a game. And with that, that's how you see the high volumes of points, rebounds, everything. But he brings the whole package. He's six foot seven, so he's very vulnerable inside. But you saw a lot of help defense with guys like Moses Brown and Tony Bradley. So I don't think it's a major issue. So look at O'Shea Brissett as one of their most pivotal weapons in the game I said he was the X factor in the last one he still is if Moses Brown can get to him early like he did in their G League game in February this should be smooth sailing at the five but if it's just like it was last week it's going to be absolute hell for us and Isaiah Roby's gonna be playing center for most of that game and for us I mean we're still in that situation where you don't know what's gonna happen because Mike Muscala is out Obviously, Al Horford's out. The only centers you've kind of had are Moses Brown, Tony Bradley, and Isaiah Roby. And Tony Bradley's actually going to be playing in this game. So if it's not working with Brown, do you look to Roby or do you look to Tony Bradley? We would look to Roby in the last game against them, and it worked out. It was a little bit better. 
maybe they go to Bradley and just kind of see what's the deal with him coming back from his absence. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's the real thing. The center is going to be the biggest part. You know, they're missing out, though, like I said, on Brogdon. That's one of the biggest scores in the game. I mean, he scored 29 in the last one, and he shot 11 of 23. No one could guard him, albeit like Dort was not playing, but it doesn't matter. That's still a big deal. He's one of the biggest stars. He's out. Sabonis, Turner, that's a big three. You just wipe out of the equation. So it's going to be the bench unit for them, most likely, and their star is going to have to be Karis LeVert. He had 28 points in the last one, so he's going to need like a 35-point game. Same goes with Brissett. This is a very, very battle-scarred roster, so this is not a give-me- an L game, you know, and this comes to the point to where the Thunder, they've actually had to reply with this horrendous injury report by just blatantly tanking again, so they've got to be getting a $25,000 fine, I don't know when Adam Silver is going to wake up, but it's pretty obvious what the Thunder are doing here, this is the most blatant tank job, I think, in the league, we saw Horford like a month, or not even a month, I mean, after the All-Star break, we just didn't want to play him anymore, and Nothing really came of it. I guess we had a good enough excuse, Presty. But now you have SGA still out, and you're actually adding two more big guys onto the injury report. Alexei Pokushevsky is out for the game, and so is Lou Dort. Very, very con- not concerning, actually. We know what the deal is. It's it's for rest purposes. They got a back-to-back, so they'll probably play tomorrow. But I mean, this is this is about as, as clear-cut as it gets. We don't want to play them because we're not trying to win the game, or at least management does not want to do that. So to make matters even more obvious, we're going to see Charlie Brown Jr. start in this game. And we don't have a full say on who's going to fill out Poku's spot because Brown's going to be playing at the two, most likely. But it's going to be either Gabrielle Deck or Svee, or maybe even Kendrick Williams, because he is going to be back playing in this game. Hopefully it's Deck. We saw him 15 minutes in the last one. Just take the restrictions off. We don't have much more time. You saw that beautiful behind-the-back pass he had to Roby. Give him the time on the floor. Let him play the Poku role of just street ball, random plays, and see how it works out. You know, you're trying to lose, so if he gets like five turnovers... You're going to give him a pat on the back almost because that's going to help us out a little bit. So maybe he'll get a lot more time. That's the hope here. And outside of him, I mean, I just want to see Jalen Horde play too off the bench. He's kind of got a really bad deal here. And I think that Dagnall needs to get him back in because I don't think we're going to sign him long term. I doubt we pick him up. But he has kind of created a name for himself when he was playing before Bays came back. I want to see him get at least 15 minutes in the game and just see how he rolls with the dices here. You know, big magnifying glass needs to go on Maladone again because, you know, he's going to be the star alongside with Bays and also Moses Brown versus Brissett. Stressed it, but he had 18 rebounds in the last game against Brissett back in February. He had 20 rebounds. Nine of them were offensive. So you want to see kind of that hounding at that position too so you look at all those guys I think that's kind of how you chalk things up here but it's going to be tough and as I said I mean this is not going to be this is not going to be you walk in you take your loss and you move on to the next game 
it's going to be probably a down on the wire, and we'll see. I mean, I think it comes down to the bench play here because we don't have our primary guys in Dort, Poku, if you want to call it that. But, you know, the bench players and guys like Fima Kyluk, Ty Jerome, and Williams, if he's going to be coming off the bench, they're going to be big. And then Roby, too, because of how kind of dynamic he's played in the last couple of games if we see him just run out and hit you know consecutive step back threes like he did on Thursday we might be in a wind of hurt here we might see a W fly up the board so in this little phase where we don't want to be getting wins you don't want to see the bench getting 15 points you don't want to see Jerome Makai Luke Roby dropping those figures now they probably will because we have as time progressed, kind of narrowed down our number of options playing. But, um, I mean, they're definitely going to see a little bit of run. And if they catch the hot hand, especially with Jerome, we know it doesn't just go away in a split second. He'll be there the entire way through. So we'll check up on that. I think the main thing that um, might not get talked about too is also Charlie Brown with him. He looked impressive in his debut think he got to play a little bit as well on Thursday night, but it wasn't anything serious. In this one, he's going to get 25 plus minutes. You know, with his 10-day kind of winding down a little bit, it's been stressed by Dagnalt that they want to see him. They put him in a pre-draft workout when he came out of St. Joseph's, so they want to look at him. And with him playing a shooting guard, if he's going up against Karis LeVert, it could go one of two ways. Either Brown has this kind of Kodak moment where he clamps him up and we can win, or you just get trotted all over by Levert. So it's it's kind of a trap for him. I'd call it more of a test, but it could be a trap for Charlie Brown. We don't know how much like time he's going to see. I'd assume if he's starting, like 25 is about a good baseline number, but we'll get all kind of the potential out of him. And you can't just chalk him up. You can't say he's like a a straight scrub, you know, he had really good moments where he had two steals in the debut, was picking everybody's pocket, and had a good defensive stand a couple of times down, so there's work that you could kind of see with him, this is another kind of put you on the grand stage, see how you react, we've seen it all the time with guys like Roby when he started at the five, and I guess Deck too when he made his debut, but yeah, I mean, tests will be flying all around, See if they kind of pass or fail. But yeah, I mean, just look out for that. As I said, key players, as always, with the Pacers, at least the current Pacers, is going to be the Brissett versus Brown versus Bradley, Roby, even matchup. And then just how the benches work out with Jerome McKayluk. And then also just see how the starters feel. Because the Pacers, with no bigs, really, and with no um, Brogdon, at least that's the assumption, it's going to be guys like McConnell and even Aaron Holiday playing. So if neither of them step up, this could be one we somehow take. You know, the last one was kind of in the back of my mind. I thought the Thunder would win. Didn't happen. I'm just going to stick with that uh, same assumption, and hopefully it fires back and we get the opposite result, and the Thunder lose yet again. So this is a big kind of playoff implication filled game we'll see how it shapes for us and we'll see how kind of the whole entire league shapes up after tonight so i'll keep you up to date on the standings what i saw from the game 
all tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. But for this one, that is going to conclude today's episode. I thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you all next time. See ya.